Hi, everyone. Welcome to 2021 and our second episode of Itty Bitty Coping Committee. My name is Carla Lamb, and I'm here with Ashley Green. I hope you're all surviving and taking care of each other um, in this new year. And um, hey, Ashley, how's hey. your <laughs> how's your new year so far? What have you been up to or thinking about? Um, well, it's better than last year so far. We'll we'll start with that. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of thinking about some things. Um, I recently read a book by Saeed Jones. It's called How We Fight for Our Lives. And in it, he talks about how his mom doesn't make New Year's resolutions, but she makes New Year's determinations. So mm-hmm. one of my New Year's determinations is to take myself less seriously this year. Take things less personally, kind of just laugh it off and um, do what I can to kind of keep things lighthearted. What about you? Do you have any determinations? Oh, wow. That's um, a really great question. And I actually really love that concept. I've never heard it before. As far as, yeah, like determinations, I guess I'm determined. I've been really intentional lately. Um which is also like a big step, but staying in the present moment with like my thoughts mm. and just, yeah, like just living and being and perhaps like relishing in the present moment just so I can notice like what's happening around me, how I feel, sensations of my body, like just staying present and like really listening, um, just, like actively. I know that's like mm. a, a lot of concepts all at once but my practice so far has been really really helpful and yeah like a little bit less anxiety which is always a plus (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but I love that like I love your determination um taking things less seriously I take things pretty personal so I'm I'm working on that too so I love that I think that's an artist thing also but (laughs) we gotta work on it (laughs) yeah true it's all up Uh, process for sure um so let's get into our episode we interviewed Natasha Nira in this episode um what are some reasons why you wanted her to come on the show Carla um so Natasha Nira is an artist whose work I really admire I really um love her uh like site specific installations i saw one of her her solo exhibit um a couple years back in space gallery and i was just really moved and actually just really um just kind of uh it made me think it it, it was provocative and her work is just it it i think it's very um it's like subliminal but also like sarcastic and it has like a lot of texture with and like layers of meaning so that's part of the reason um I was excited to have her on the show um but yeah she's also a mutual friend and um and yeah like how how do you feel about uh the interview and having Natasha be our first one I think it was perfect because I also really admire her work I started fangirling her like a few years ago before ever meeting her and um, I think she's really good at 
Well, first of all, she's fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> she has a really dark sense of humor, which I connect with and find very funny. Um, and yeah, she takes her, she does take her work very seriously, which I didn't, I don't know if I knew that until after we kind of had this interview. You know, I didn't realize how seriously she took her work. Um, I thought it just came like really natural to her, which, um, mm. yeah. But uh, we also share a dirty little secret, (laughs) Uh, which we'll get into more um, in the episode. But yeah, Natasha and I have a similar background in a certain kind of performance art. Ooh, intriguing. (laughs) Mysterious, which I always enjoy. Um, Yeah, I hope everyone out there likes it. Um, Please like and subscribe. (laughs) yeah um and yeah let us know what you think um follow us on social media i'm uh vinyl owl on instagram and you are wild ash yes give us a follow give us a listen hope you enjoy um we really love this interview so i hope we we hope that you do too hello hi does it it sound okay i think it does yeah okay i have my airpods in so i don't know if that makes a difference hey natasha how are you hi carla i'm good how are you i'm good yeah nice to hear from like hear you and uh not see you that's let's cut that (laughs) 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 i'm actually I'm looking at your picture because I'm looking at your website. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. No, no. Well, yeah, thank you for joining us um, on this experiment adventure. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this episode, looking forward. You're our very first guest ever. Wow. Yes. Honored. So for the listeners, I'm going to haphazardly read Natasha's bio off her website. Ooh, (laughs) nice. (laughs) I hope you don't mind. Um, So the reason we thought of you, honestly, as, um, uh, you know, our interviewee, um, just because we, we, Ashley and I both like know you from different, um, you know, contexts you know, that we've had, like we're friends, but we also used to work together and um, we, yeah, like you were honestly one of the first people we thought of because of your, um, like I follow your work online and it's always like really intriguing. So I would love to like pick your brain about it. And also it's been a long time since we talked and um, yeah, that's basically we're so glad that you know you were down to participate and uh, we weren't sure how to like necessarily approach artists or like incentivize people to like come and talk to us about really personal things um like mental health and creativity and process so again just thank you for for joining um for for people out there in Pittsburgh and beyond if you don't know Natasha Nira now you do um, she's a multidisciplinary artist working primarily in silkscreen and installation. Natasha is an affiliate uh, of Artist Image Resource, 
um, a communal printmaking studio in Pittsburgh, PA, where she assists teaching screen printing classes. So her work has been exhibited in group shows at Space Gallery, Glitterbox Theater, and upcoming, oops, um had a couple <laughs> had a couple events in yeah yeah a lot of 2020 year. cancellations and uh, i haven't updated no. it since march 2020 so <laughs> well maybe we can talk about that a little bit but yeah like so it happens like covid obviously we you had a lot of things lined up um but in the future it sounds like you have some projects as well that you could we can dive into um but if it's not obvious already natasha is a pittsburgh based artist um so yeah we're gonna dive right in with um some questions from ashley and we hope you enjoy now i have a question to start us all off because of the bio reading (laughs) and this has to do with mental health and everything that the podcast is about so i was filling out a new Instagram bio for myself today and I'm thinking I hate doing this and I don't know if it's because I want to be evasive and I have or I have this urge to be super sarcastic when I write these things so I I go to the extreme I either want to be really evasive when I'm writing bios or I really want to be super sarcastic and I'm wondering if that has to do with vulnerability I wonder if that's a common experience for other artists what do you think Natasha yeah I mean I definitely struggle a lot (laughs) myself with writing artist bios and statements and even recently I was talking to one of my friends who's also an artist and basically said I'm ready to just start paying someone to look at my work, look at my statements, bios, whatever, and start putting them together for me because you can get (laughs) so caught up in what you're trying to say, what you want to say, and what you need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think I understand where you're coming from about that like feeling of kind of being like a little sarcastic, a little slapstick. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like when I first started putting my work out there as an artist and I was writing my bios and my statements I was super super um my head was like filled with air like my ego was definitely overinflated, <laughs> and I I remember like applying to things and just saying like the most random shit and and looking back <laughs> thinking like of course I didn't get this opportunity what the f- what does this even say um Mm. but I think you know it's it's good and it's also terrible it's like one of those things where like practice makes perfect I guess um but I mean you know it's funny Carla reading that bio with COVID I yeah I haven't touched that and it's almost like a kind of like a time capsule of like before COVID right like (laughs) here's all of this stuff I've done here's what I'm doing in the near future um and a lot of that is is no longer (laughs) so um it's definitely Mm -hmm. it's definitely interesting to like kind of lay it out and think about it um but yeah I'm definitely considering having someone else do it for me very soon um Mm -hmm. I I have Carla (laughs) I just I just feel like different oh yeah go ahead Natasha I just yeah I mean I feel like you you exasperate the process sometimes and you you just you get so far from what 
you want to say that it's hard to reel it back in. Yeah. Um, We'll circle back to you had a question, Ashley, but before we go there, um, little shout out to my sister who is an artist liaison out West and she writes people's bios. So there is a market for these, you know, like creatives um, that are definitely capitalizing on maybe artists like myself and Natasha you know like you mentioned time capsule which is like a beautiful way to put it but now that I think about it too I haven't touched like my website or my bio and yeah like having a bunch of stuff in 2020 that like never happened you know and yeah it's a a little bittersweet but um uh, I keep telling myself to update it and still haven't but um (laughs) actually what what were you gonna say yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I just wanted to see if it was different from your perspective. Yeah. But no, um sounds totally. like it's a common theme among creatives. But uh anyway, Natasha, so you you've had a lot going on during the pandemic. I mean, <laughs> you you bought a house. Yes. Uh, you've had some career fluctuations do you want to talk about what you've been doing and what you've been experiencing in your real life yeah yeah um so yeah I bought a house in August which is fantastic I'm super happy about it um it's also very anxiety inducing with what's going on um but I'm super grateful and it's it's definitely like a happy place I'm still setting up my at-home studio, um, which is, is bit, has been hard, I have to admit. I haven't really had the motivation, especially because things are still so on pause. Um, and then, yeah, I lost my job in November. I got laid off. Um, so I really had the COVID experience of, like, you know, two of the most stressful things you go through in life during a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm still reeling. I mean... Carla and I used to work together and I know you're very familiar with my attitude about working in general. (laughs) Um, And I certainly didn't like love my job. And I, and I, I really was struggling at the beginning with working from home and trying to stay motivated. And, you know, my managers were on top of me and it was just like such a suffocating experience on top of, you know, the peak of locking down. Um, So when I, when I got notification that our doors were closing, um, I was definitely like, I mean, my boss was talking to me on the phone. And I just like, wasn't answering. She yeah. was like, are, are you there? And I was like, yeah. I just like, what the fuck do I say? I have nothing to say. <laughs> I, I was just like jaw drop, you know, because I have a fresh mortgage. Like that was really um, the first thing that struck me uh, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But yeah, it's it's been super, super weird. Um, but I also have to say, like, there was this part of me while I was, you know, in the corporate hemisphere and and just like working towards this goal of buying the house, which I accomplished. Uh, now I kind of feel free. Mm. And I always used to say, like, to my friends, whatever, like, oh, I'd be so much happier if I could just like bartend or you know, be a barista again, like, those were the happiest days of my life when I was just, like, living with, like, you know, 
limited financial obligations and just kind of like going about my life feeling super creative and then you get in this space where you know you're working for health insurance and other things and uh all of that other freedom kind of falls to the wayside so now I I mean but the the fucked up part is with COVID like I just can't go and and become a barista or a bartender or whatever Mm. you know like that's still not really possible so it's definitely it's definitely weird um but I'm you know signing up for the unemployment train um I, I talked to one of my like art colleagues at air the printmaking studio that I worked at um not not it's not my full-time job by any means but the the print studio I was a part of and he told me about getting laid off and um being on unemployment how he was like really able to like focus on his studio practice Mm. but it's not really happening for me yet like it's still like it's still a little fresh and I'm still just really preoccupied on like the job search still. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is a full-time job in itself. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm, I'm like weirdly fucking optimistic. (laughs) I love it. Weirdly, (laughs) like almost in like a delusional way, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like just like pumping through like, what else? What's next? Let's go. Yeah. Like life you know what you have to laugh you have to laugh you know like I really am just like okay I mean most people don't I mean now it's the norm but usually if you experience losing your job in your lifetime it's when you're like a little more established in life Mm -hmm. you know like people Mm -hmm. get laid off when they're like 40 years old and they have like connections but not not right now yeah (laughs) um you touched on so many great themes and topics and like entryways into just like that wider thing that that um Ashley and I and this project this podcast um want to cover um writing down a bunch of things um do you think you can uh, well it all sounds kind of like adulting right like mm. like you talk about I remember just being like oh I can't wait to like be a grown-up and like feel free and have these freedoms but then, like, now that I'm in it, I just feel like I'm just, like, an email pusher working for the man under the thumb of <laughs> some system. And, right. But, yeah, like, you definitely, I love your approach with, like, you got to laugh. Like, what the what the hell? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm looking at some of your other, some of, like, your most current maybe like a 2020 projects that you have on your website with um like the house first the like the lawn signs Mm, yeah the we buy houses yeah uh was that kind of inspired by your um house buying experience yeah so I've lived on the north side of Pittsburgh for a long time Mm. and I I have like roots here like I really love this part of the city um it, it it helps me sometimes like escape the smallness that Pittsburgh can sometimes feel mm. um, which is kind of ironic because right the north side's like not like this huge borough by any means but it has so many different facets that like you can just like turn onto a different street and just feel like you're in another place mm. so um, while I was renting and while I was working to save and, and buy the house 
you know, it was becoming harder and harder to buy a house because of the interest of developers and flippers in the area. Um, and so in like my community next door, Facebook groups, whatever, people were talking about these we buy houses signs and yeah. uh, they're actually illegal. And oh. you're, you're supposed to call 311 for them to go and remove them. Uh, I don't have time for that so I started ripping them down (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and you know they were they were pissing me off because this was like the reason why it was getting harder and harder for me to obtain home ownership harder for Mm -hmm. everyone um and I had an experience where I really wanted this house this other house so bad and uh it was bought under me like while Mm -hmm. I was getting like the day I got the house inspected like spent six hundred dollars they they took Whoa. another offer yeah so like we're we, you know it was just like bad icky feeling so I started like ripping them down and collecting them and people started bringing them to me because nobody really knows what they want to do with them and it just kind of like posed this weird I don't know I, my a lot of my work is about messaging in general so like seeing them always felt like this weird message and some of them are like personalized which I find yeah. really really bizarre like some of them are like Nancy buys houses like give her a call <laughs> You know, and I, it's just like, it's funny. It's like, you know, when you go to a gas station and there's like a, a, a magazine cart with a keychain with your name on it, like that kind of <laughs> aspect, like that kind of feeling of like, you know, somebody out there is looking for these properties to buy. And it, it was just, you know, kind of bizarre to me. And so I started collecting them and just kind of putting them against other pieces of my work. Um, just, just, I don't know, having them around, um, and and the messaging just spoke to me. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Like we definitely find, you know, messages and inspiration maybe in the oddest places. Well, I think it's also there's there were these signs around and I'm so regretful that I never like pulled over and grabbed one, but there were these signs around that said Pittsburgh singles. <laughs> so they were they were like the they were like the the we buy houses signs but they were white with like red sans serif text that was like pittsburgh singles and then just like a phone number and i just thought those were the fucking craziest thing i've ever seen was there a question mark no it was just like i i don't know if it was a matchmaking company i have no idea i was so i should have looked into i think i googled it once and it's like a (laughs) a one person operation i don't i really don't understand it but it was also wow. it was also um, kind of like in conjunction with that, like, you know, you're out in the world and you're looking for messages or whatever. Mm. Um, you're looking for your next move and you're seeing these signs like these were my two signs that I kept seeing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it kind of has. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Carla. Oh, no. I'm so... <laughs> Lots of talking over each other today. <laughs> uh, we'll cut it in post. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 so, um, like, with the lawn signs, um, they kind of has, like, the way you took, well, the photograph I'm looking at, so there's several lawn signs, like, we buy houses as is fast cash, and then they're kind of juxtaposed um, parallel to these cardboard boxes that say Swisher Diamonds. Um, yeah. But in, but this image to me has like a Andy Warhol-esque kind of feel with like the repeated images. Um, I don't really necessarily have like a question about it, but I, that's just kind of what it makes me feel um, like a 
an allusion to another Pittsburgh artist, but um, it kind of reminds me, uh, like, whenever I see those signs on the street, I just kind of think of pyramid schemes. Mm, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, with the Swisher boxes that I, I was in like a um, convenience store on the north side. And it's like one of my favorites because it's like a good one. It has like a light up acrylic belly button ring case <laughs> and like <laughs> one hitters. Um, and they sell like Hanini food. Like it's it's a good one. And they had mm. like a stack of those boxes. And I was like looking at them and just kind of thinking about that presence in this neighborhood. I also, my day job was in public health. So mm-hmm. I was like working specifically a lot with like tobacco products. And um, I really love like tobacco marketing and advertising. Like that was one of my favorite things about my job. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of just took a picture of these cardboard boxes and then screen printed those images on cardboard. Um, and yeah, it's funny that you say the Warhol thing, because like every time I was like printing something, I would look at it and be like, Jesus Christ, Warhol has done all of this. Like everything I did was like something Warhol had done. You can't you, you can't escape him in printmaking, really. I, I don't think that you can. Yeah, that's uh, such a yeah. For, I mean, your work is vastly like original and like to to be in that hard spot of like. I can't escape this other influence and then like being from the same city and it's probably like an artist that when people think of war I don't know Pittsburgh they think Warhol I'm not really sure if that's actually yeah but yeah definitely yeah um well yeah that's all very like fascinating I love um hearing like the artist process um yeah Ashley did you want to I think we can we have like a bunch of questions lined up. Um Yeah, I, I, I know you're talking about so Carla's talking about some of your work from twenty eighteen, I think. And yeah. I know that you have a background, Natasha, in creative writing and and installation work. And would we you know, some of these have, have pretty big themes of depression in them. I'm thinking of this isn't about you, mm. which was a an installation of basically your real life bedroom and all of its trappings and you know the replication of that and you've said in the past that that kind of work writing and installation work can kind of make you crazy my words not yours because (laughs) (laughs) you never have an end point you could kind of like just go on editing and adding and rearranging words forever Um, but you were also into screen printing and I'm wondering how that's different for you if you're still doing that now yeah so um the studio that I normally print at I'm no longer working at and it's half related to COVID and just like half of what I have going on in life um Mm -hmm. like after losing my main income I couldn't really spend free time doing that when I could be searching for income basically um so I I am working on like the at-home silkscreen setup which is like fairly easy I'm I'm definitely approaching it in like a lazy way um and I'm not saying that it's like silkscreen is easy but there is like a level of like basic satisfaction when you silkscreen that like I'm just Mm. not interested in right now (laughs) um (laughs) 
I will be. I know I will because I always go back to it. But uh, for right now, it's just not something that's really on my on my mind. It will be for sure. So what do you think about the dichotomy of like people thinking of the pandemic? If you're an artist, it seems like there's this dichotomy between total produ- productivity, capitalism, like mm. we have all this extra time. So get as much art done as we possibly can versus the people that are just exhausted by and rightfully so the day-to-day like trauma of what's going on in the world yeah um where do you what do you think of that how how are you stressed out by like pressure of artists or how are you handling it so it's interesting I I mean when I first was started working from home I think like March 15th really is like the bookmark for everyone um when I first started working from home I I remember even telling my therapist I was like I cannot wait I'm gonna do fucking nothing bare minimum with my job and I'm gonna just be fucking creative all day I'm gonna write a novel I'm gonna record an (laughs) album um you know I'm gonna be super super productive like I I was just gonna do everything because I had the time um but like working from home was so draining oh my god uh I'm like a really big believer in like separating like work from home (laughs) yeah and uh that just like went out the window and um it was especially hard because like when I was renting my apartment I had you know roommates one of which was COVID positive at one point. So I was living with someone COVID positive and basically just like trapped in my bedroom, working there, eating there, relaxing there, living in one room um, just to just to avoid contact. So, it, you know, all of my like pressure kind of like fizzled out. Like I it just kind of like depleted. Like I was like, there's no way any normal functioning person would be able to like put out anything decent with these circumstances and then Mm -hmm. from that my my perspective really changed and like I had been like on the house search for years you know Mm -hmm. really waiting for like the right one so like COVID kind of really put that in motion for me like no offense to my roommate like we're still friends whatever but I was like I can't do this Mm -hmm. you know like I need to be able to just be like free and moving within one place like I can't deal with you can't control you know, what other people are doing out in their life. And he was someone who was still like working in, in the world, you know, mm-hmm. not working mm-hmm. from home. So um, yeah, like that, that really put into motion for me. And like, after that, I just kind of like gave myself a break. You know, I was just like, I bought a house and I'm going to like enjoy that. But I, I didn't get to enjoy it for too long because then I got hit with the laid off thing. But... <laughs> But like, I'm, I'm getting back, you know, I, I hate being like, so obvious and like, so cliche that like, beginning of the year, like, here's what I'm going to do. But um, I remember like, last year, this time I was like, so ready. I had like a, a, a two person show I was going to be in with a good friend. And I was making work for that. And I was so excited. And then like, you know, things kept happening. And uh, I just kind of had to like, go with the flow. And sometimes like, I'm, I'm finally like what COVID has allowed me to do is like be okay with Mm. not being like a super productive artist because before I was so hard on myself and it was like making me miserable. It was like making me more stagnant because I was obviously comparing myself to things, applying for things that I wouldn't get, feeling bad about it, just like this cycle, cycle, cycle. 
And I know that, like I signed up for that, like I'm well aware that's how the game goes. Um, but it was, you know, it wasn't getting me anywhere where now it's like, now I really have the time because I don't have the job. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I don't really have like a, like a, a system yet. I'm working on it. Um, I feel like a lot of people could have used this like pause on life in a lot of ways. And like a lot of other things were moving for me and like the creative stuff wasn't and like, it hurts me. It does, but it's not something I'm not used to <laughs> because I've experienced it before. It's just like, now I have the excuse of like, well, I can blame it on COVID. Like I don't really have to be hard on myself that like something didn't work out because it's not really working out for anyone. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I Amen. <laughs> totally. I have to agree a hundred percent. There is a lot of like the external pressure on artists, especially with social media and, you know, having something to show and then like, you know, something to post and is it like weekly and like creating content and like, how do people do it? And then like, I always feel, yeah, like my competitive nature comes out, but then it like kind Mm. of plateaus, like, that's not me. That's, you know, not my style or like what I see on social media is fake but um, I mean, there are people like looking real good and producing a lot of work and um, it's just like, I, I don't know how they do it, um, especially, yeah, because the energy, like our uh, capacity and we're dealing with a lot. Um, yeah, I just, I, but Carla, you've been oh. doing collages, like you just put up some collages of your work that are incredible I mean do you want to talk about that a little bit oh sure um so interesting process I I, in my caption like I don't post that often and when I do like I want it to be meaningful and I'd really like I have one page for basically everything and um uh I I think I was like oh it's about time like oh I want a balance between like you know, like a selfie and like a picture with my partner. And then I want like some art in there um, because everything again is just like on one page. Um, But Mm -hmm. I captioned it like recent collages and recent to me is like uh, everything in 2020 that I made. So, um, okay. um, Yeah. The whole creativity process to me, like, March basically through the summer was just a huge adjustment and I was hard on myself like okay now I have the time but I don't have the energy and before I didn't have the time and did have the energy and um I don't know like right just um it took it took um probably like six to seven months for me to finally like like just to get that creativity out to like actually do something with my hands to dig through my um like art material box uh I have a whole other room like it's not I guess I could I call it a studio but I'm not really um yeah I have this extra room the space that I can just do whatever I wanted and I haven't like utilized it completely so then they're just like the added guilt um of of not using that room but um yeah it and I learned and Natasha you talked about like yeah COVID being an excuse but also I in my personal experience I learned that um 
I honestly just had to give myself permission to and, and like tell myself that it was okay to not be productive and to not measure myself and Definitely. not to like compare myself. So um while I know the realities of like social media and I hope that everyone out there like understands that like like to not believe everything you see um I definitely have like a persona that and like not necessarily a reputation but it's like something that I want to like maintain as far as like what I put out there um it's it's funny you mentioned that Carla because I've been kind of like going through this same kind of issue where I used to have like a Finsta that I use really actively and it was like just for me and my friends but it was really helpful for me to like flush out ideas and post things and like Mm. it was like this really great creative outlet and then like something about it just like I don't know turned my stomach like there was like people I didn't really know that I let follow it all of a sudden and it 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 kind of changed for me Mm -hmm. so I like kind of went a little unhinged with my own Instagram because (laughs) nobody fucking cares so I was like (laughs) (laughs) let's let's fire it up like let's make it crazy which actually is like actually is more has been more successful for me like I put my Instagram on private now because I'm applying for jobs um (laughs) and uh you know like I I have been posting like a lot of like unhinged not art content just kind of like purely (laughs) shit posting and it's it's been a lot better for me. The best part is, like, I've turned off my Instagram notifications. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can, like, post something fucking crazy and then just close the app. <laughs> and when I reopen it three days later, I have, like, 50 notifications of people re- replying to the story. It's, like, kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, it kind it of... Sounds like the case against compartmentalization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's it's working for me and it's it's you know kind of what you said about just like allowing yourself to give yourself permission right like I had been um kind of like straying away from artistic attention because I really didn't feel like I was in my moment I didn't feel like I was putting out my best work right um so I was just not putting anything out there and then to just kind of like who cares you know like post whatever and getting positive response was like actually very helpful Hmm. Yeah, so I definitely follow your work and I've definitely seen those stories that you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I think that maybe there is a creative process there though, like the, a decision to make to make something and then you it, called it like shit posting, but is that art? You know, like insert like the emoji with uh with like a Tits. Yeah, like the, yeah. the thinking emoji. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I think there is an art to it and it's interesting, like, and like, yeah, how are people engaging with your work slash content? Because you yeah. know how to get people to react. I right, mean, right. Like, that's I, a good thing. I, 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 I uh, under, underestimated that ability I have, right? Uh, <laughs> and it was good to revisit it because like I had for so long, like pushed attention away from myself. I, I really can't explain to you why. Um, you know, I, I even had someone I was like, this was like a year before COVID, I was at like a opening of some sorts. And I was talking to another artist and they said something to me like, yeah, what happened to you? You really fell off. I was like, what? Fuck. Okay. And I just, I didn't really know what to say, but like, I, you know, I don't really think 
production is the answer I think it's like reflection has always been my thing um so like the longer I stayed away and kind of like separated myself from a lot of the work I put out I was able to make like work that I now find more interesting and I feel I could you know put push my practice further um so yeah I, I I find it interesting Ashley you're right about that that reaction thing and it's bordering like performance art which is like not really my thing but I guess it could be guess it could be (laughs) oh that's a great lead into something that I definitely want to talk about which is pageantry oh yeah (laughs) don't sound so enthused (laughs) (laughs) um so Natasha and I have a have a sneaky similarity here uh, we've both been involved in pageants, but at very different stages of our life. Um, so you, Natasha, were a child pageant star, and I was in experimenting with finishing school and competing in pageants in high school. So much later on in my life. Uh, do you want to talk about how you got started in the pageantry <laughs> world? Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to mention first and foremost that the last time we all saw each other was at my pageant themed (laughs) birthday party which was like (laughs) so tragic like there's no other word for it there was just like tinsel and evening gowns and a karaoke the band hole was playing over and over again yeah so um yeah I, I think about that a lot Ashley just because you know we kind of bonded over that like pageantry thing and um, it was only like a thing for me for a brief point of time, but it, it definitely like stuck with me in a lot of weird ways, especially because like uh, when I was a kid, like I, I made it very clear to my parents that like I wanted to work in like entertainment, I guess. Like I wanted to like sing, act, dance, whatever. Um, so they started putting me, I did singing classes, I did ballet for years, and then I went into the pageants and like ballet was probably the worst of it really but the pageants helped um (laughs) (laughs) and I was really young like I was like doing pageants from like three to six years old and I think I I think I kind of just like aged out of it um Mm. in a way because there was just like you know then when once you get into that like I don't even know what they call it like junior I don't know I don't really know but um junior miss yeah something um but yeah it was like I, I think it was like I my parents always told me to like be a triple threat be able to do everything and Love it. this was this was a way <laughs> of me to like practice that dancing and perform I guess um you know the talent aspect the appearance aspect the etiquette the presence um but it's funny because, like, we have a lot of, like, pictures and, like, videos. And it's, like, having, like, a three-year-old do that is just so ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how I knew where to, to walk or what to do. But I was, like, I, I had, like, dance classes. Like, I had rehearsal for it and costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it 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 definitely stuck with me. And I think it's, you know, I tell people one of, like, the things that I remember is, like, I always won most photogenic. which really bothered me and it still does but it's because of pageants that like I I think I know how to like pose in front of the camera um Mm. but it 
once I was like hitting my like you know tweens like when I was 13 I would think about you know being most photogenic and thinking like fuck am I like not pretty in real life you know like what is that what does that mean because like what I I think what I wanted to win was like talent right Mm. like that's Mm. what that's what you want to win and my poor mom she I mean (laughs) I, I, I remember one of my performances was wearing like a flamenco dress and I did a flamenco <laughs> dance and to like the fucking like Poconos, you know, <laughs> resort hotel that this was happening at. Like everybody was like, what? Okay, whatever. Like nobody got it. And she tried so hard and like the dress was from Spain. I had, wow. yeah, like I, I yeah. So <laughs> um that's what I wanted to win you know like I wanted to win that talent thing and I think after always getting like Miss Photogenic or whatever or um I got a lot of participation prizes and I had I had Mm. trophies and sashes and ribbons and I'm so so mad at myself for throwing them away I threw them away when I was like a teenager um But, oh, man, I, I wish I still had them. But, yeah, I remember the biggest one I had, I think it it was, like, a three-story trophy. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it had, like, the base layer, a second layer. And, like, it was tall. Um, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't I don't even know what it was for. I want to say it's for Miss Photo- Most Photogenic, because that sounds insane. Like, what? <laughs> Why, how did, I, mean, I wonder, like, those trophies are just so elaborate. And, like, I wonder where all of the trophies of the world are, like, resting now, you know? Yeah. Just, like, a big hunk of metal and plastic. The best part about a trophy is that, like, nobody fucking wants them. Isn't that the best part? <laughs> like, I like it was, like, you're moving and you have all these pageant trophies. You don't fucking want mm. them. You want them out of your way. You know, that's right. like the best part about the trophy thing to me. They're they're riddled in thrift stores and, you know, <laughs> people's basements, garage sales like they're th- nobody wants them, which is like the best part. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a short lived pageant thing. And I think it did definitely did affect me. And like I, I approach it with humor because it's fucking funny. It is. Mm-hmm. Um. And like, it's it just funny, too, because it was like this thing I did with my mom and one of her friends, who's like my like non-blood related uncle now, did my hair and makeup for me as like a kid would like come with us to these like sad resort hotels and whatever <laughs> and and do <laughs> do my makeup and put fa- false eyelashes on me. And he's literally like a celebrity stylist now so I always make this joke that like that I was like the first muse for him I was it you know I was the the starting point but yeah it's just like so funny to like have these this like memory and and I remember like wanting to do it oh god oh I just I just had a memory flooded (laughs) of like another talent portion where I sang I believe I can fly by R fucking Kelly because <laughs> Space Jam was like my thing. That's so I honestly would pay to see that. I have it. I have it. You can pay Sounds for like it. Sounds like the next party team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like I really, really wanted to win like the singing and dancing things and I didn't. 
And when you watch it, it's like, of course you didn't win that. (laughs) Still, that's crushing. Yeah, of course, of course. It's funny because it set up my whole like trajectory of like my career and what I chose to do. I mean, going to school for writing, the the they you know send you on your way and say, get ready to be rejected, you know. And I and I I was I I was like I was born for it, baby. You know, I I apply for. I apply for residencies that like if I got them I would have to take out like a loan to pay for it (laughs) and I still don't get them and it's like no sweat off my back you know what I mean like I think in a way it's like good and bad Um, but it's funny how I kind of like stuck in that that trajectory of kind of like just keep keep pushing to win you know yeah you're a triple threat baby (laughs) So is there anything that you got out of, so like for me, like body image issues came mostly before pageantry even began. And that sort of just like brought them back to the surface a little bit time and time again. But I'm wondering if there's anything that you got from beneficial from pageantry. Like for me, it was like, I know you said you felt better posing in front of a camera, public speaking. I mean, I know you're like kind of a child at this point, but you know singing your confidence building is there anything that you got out of it that was beneficial for you yeah I think it was really like the performative aspect you know I I I I know that I thrive in social situations usually and (laughs) kind of being under that microscope of like almost like auditioning right where you're like okay show them what you got you know like I think it, it helped me do that um, where at least I can put it, you know, put on a, a a facade for a moment and get on the stage and kind of like do what I need to do in order to try to be, you know, to reach the rankings. And I, I think like I, I, I kind of like tap into that for a lot of things. I think I tap into that for like presenting myself as an artist, presenting myself for jobs. Yeah, social situations. I, I can come off very like performative and it, it takes a while to like wear that off. Mm. Um, I think it's, I think it's a positive thing um, mm-hmm. because there were moments where it was like, okay, well like, you know, let's see what she can do and we'll, we'll see if we can put her in this next batch of, of pageants, whatever. So I think that was good. Just being able to kind of like fake it till you make it. My whole motto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so we have a few minutes left here. I kind of wanted to reel it back into this mental health theme. And this is something that Carla and I were discussing prior to this conversation. But I want to ask both of you this question. Um, Therapist envy. Have you ever experienced therapist envy? (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? And have you ever uh, let me give you an example yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a concept maybe we'll start there <laughs> yes yeah not a technical term so I had a therapist a couple of years ago who was the coolest and she was like really young and hip she was uh queer and lgbtq friendly and you know, I was making all this great progress under her uh, guidance. And one day about a year and a half in, she was 
she came to me and she was like, yeah, I am basically quitting the practice and I'm going to become a Buddhist nun. Like, this is how, like, awesome she was. Like, she would incorporate (laughs) these Buddhist philosophy into our sessions. So it was devastating a little bit and um, haven't necessarily been able to find someone of that caliber since then. But definitely hear a lot of friends that have therapists that are like, you know, just sort of bring their names into conversation like, oh, you know, Benjamin says this and well, you know what Benjamin would say about that. And it sort of like becomes an almost like an aphorism, the Benjamin says thing. And (laughs) there's a little bit of therapist envy there uh, that that flares up from time to time. Um, But do you also mean like, like you wish you were a therapist or do you mean like you wish you had a your therapist was just as good or like you're envious of your friend's therapist that comes up in situations yeah I think it's definitely envious of having that relationship with uh, my therapist. Yeah. like missing like I once had it but I no longer have it and I'm missing it and I'm envious of that <clears throat> I, I yeah I definitely don't have that <laughs> I have the best therapist ever we have such a such a fucked up relationship honestly and it's perfect for me like that's what works for me honestly but what I have is therapist I don't know there's no word for it I don't want to bring it up and ask him but I'm fucking terrified <laughs> that he looks up my social media like that is <laughs> a real fear that I would I would have and if I like told him I did this podca- podcast I'm fucking terrified that he would look it up and listen to it oh. so I'm not you know like I I don't you know like I have this that but I think it's because our lines got too blurred sounds bad but um oh. he moved in next door to me like two years ago and we ran into each other and it was like the most traumatic oh. thing of my life <laughs> And I was like, I literally had like sunglasses on. I took them off. I was like, are are you real? Is this real? Is this like, I was like, so horrified. Um, plus, like, I knew he was married. And he was like moving into an apartment next to like my sorry ass. So I was like, Oh, no, like, obviously, he's like going through marital problems. Oh, my God. Or something. Ooh. He stopped wearing his ring. So like, then it was like, I, I was like, <laughs> speculating and like knowing too much. Um, and I said to him, like, we ran into each other and I was like, I, you know, I don't, are, are you real? I can't believe this. Does this mean we have to, he, he told me he moved in next door. He was like, you live here. I could swear. I could have sworn you lived in war street. Like almost like he checked. Uh, and I was like, Oh wow. No, I live right here. And, uh, yeah, he, he, I said, does this mean we have to stop seeing each other? <laughs> and he said, we'll talk about it in session and I was like fucking horrified I was driving home that day (laughs) and I cried like I was like wailing crying driving like I am not ready for this breakup like I can't have anything like what yeah um Uh, and then yeah it just it 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 kept getting weirder like there's like this memory I have he had a Shiba Inu and he's like walking it down the street like everyone knows I like those dogs and my mom was visiting (laughs) And he's walking down the street and she sees the dog. She goes, Natasha, look, it's the Shiba Inu. And I, and he's just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, mom, stop. You know, like, oh, my God. Just like dying of embarrassment. But we moved past it. We're okay now. Right. But I think it's, 
I think because of this experience, like, I don't know, I, I would never envy, <laughs> envy another setup because I don't think it gets more vulnerable than that. I mean, fuck. Wow, that is a great story. That's, yeah, that's really incredible. And I, I love, love it. How he like, he was like, oh, we'll talk about it in session. Like every, if I were you or like bumped into him at the grocery store, I'd be like, oh no, you're going to charge me for this, aren't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds like a like a fictionalized version of I mean there's your novel right there well yeah I've, I've actually your, your blended novel <laughs> well then the worst part is that I think I I think I kind of got like too weirded out and I did stop seeing him for for a minute after that and he just like mm-hmm. dropped off the face of the earth mm-hmm. like I thought he was like a missing person because I was <laughs> thank god I'm still in therapy but I like remember driving past the actual office and like never seeing his car and like looking him up and like not being able to like find if he worked somewhere else or something and I I, I, I he didn't live there anymore I literally thought like he was gone so I have thought about wow. writing this because it was definitely a fucked up time um mm-hmm. but he came back I think he fixed his marriage because he wears the ring again I don't know it's just <laughs> it's really 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 interests me though I I definitely don't have envy because this is just like too good you know yeah that's incredible and like <laughs> therapists are real people too I have to remember sometimes right and I something that I often think about with my therapist I'm just like oh like she's judging me like I don't know her I guess her job is to like not judge me but she definitely is because my problems are like so trivial (laughs) I don't know I know what you mean yeah um but I'm kind of imagining to like your therapist like finding yeah like your social media and your unhinged stories on Instagram like do you think that he would like call you out on it if if he had like time or interest in even like looking it up like I wonder what my client is doing right now yeah I know I I wonder I mean even if like if there was press about me Mm -hmm. and my work and I talked about it and he like I don't know you know it just like kind of like lingers on the back of my mind I don't know I don't really but you've locked that shit down so it doesn't matter (laughs) I guess yeah but I mean I'm also like at this point with him where like, I recognize when I'm, like, withholding information from uh. therapy because, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to go there. So I'll, like, flat out tell him, like, when I'm explaining something, he's like, I'm sorry, like, I'm not following. And I was like, that's because I'm not telling you this part and I don't want to. <laughs> and he was like, okay, no problem. Or, like, you know, no judgment. Like, you can tell me whenever. And then, like, usually I'll just spill, right? Like, I kind of need that flag, like, that white flag. Like, you're good. Remember, you're good, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting. I love it. It's, it's like, what's the point of yeah. having like a safe space to talk about, you know, like your day or your emotions or your mental state? And then you feel like I have to withhold some information. <laughs> like just the irony of that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so incredible. I really love having like what I would give to be like a fly in the wall in different people's like therapy sessions. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's funny. He has a Rothko in his office too, which like should kind of be like a red flag, I think <laughs> like a um, Mark Rothko yeah. print, but, but it's okay. Like, why is it a red flag? 
Well, just be, it just depends on your feelings about Rothko. At least for me, it, <laughs> it, for me, it's not really a red flag. He also has like a Japanese woodblock print. Um, yeah, his office is. They give those things to all therapists. That's like the therapist oh started. God. Every therapist gets a Rothko. <laughs> if if it makes you cry, it's working. Yeah. That's so incredible. Yeah, like the intersections of therapy and art. I think we're onto something here. Ooh, <laughs> does your the next episode? Does your therapist have a, a ocean themed bathroom? You know. My at my I have like virtual therapy at the moment, but the way that um sometimes I kind of try to decipher or speculate about um their their inner life um is via um mm. her mug <laughs> like mm. her coffee mug um and yeah I mean each time it's different and I was really so I. I uh, I was telling Ashley this the other day that like sometimes I really go into therapy with like knowing exactly what I want to talk about and coincidentally I wanted to bring up like sexuality and um yeah just being like a queer bi person in the world and then um she, the mug that she had that day was a rainbow mug and I was like oh my god no way this is perfect um and then it like that topic like never came up that day because she like asked me a question and I totally digressed from what I wanted to talk about but um yeah now I I just hope that that mug like symbolizes what I think it does in that context because I feel weird asking a personal question to my therapist I don't know if that's Mm. allowed yet and I'm very new to um therapy especially like virtual therapy Um, So we don't quite have like, I mean, I'm very vulnerable with her, but I I don't know if it could be like the the other way just yet. But I've had I've had moments of like, oh, like, can I shop around for another therapist? Not that I don't like this one, but like, what what am I missing? Or like, what are the possibilities? Yeah, I think it's definitely worth it to shop around because I used to see like, the most insane therapist ever (laughs) oh my god I mean I should look her up and see her just for fun but I definitely think it's worth shopping around I think like at a point you you do like develop a relationship with this person like therapists like do care about their clients you know like they do so uh little by little I think that they revealed to you things also Mm. like I remember I was like talking about somebody I was like dating's like astrological sign and just like talking shit on this sign (laughs) and I thought for a second I like looked at him and I was like oh my god how horrible would it be if that was his sign right and so I asked him I said I'm I was like I'm so sorry if that's your sign I didn't even ask actually I just said I'm so sorry if you're what's the sign I think I think it was I think it was a cancer (laughs) I think so okay phew yeah and uh he was like actually Natasha I think you'd be like pleasantly surprised to know that I'm a Sagittarius like you oh Oh, shit (laughs) right so yeah so I think like you know it's so great but I think like little by little you can definitely get there and I've I've been seeing him for a while but it's definitely worth it to shop around because like if you're not having that like vibe Mm -hmm. you gotta move on yeah for sure and they got to be used to it at some point, right? 
definitely yeah. oh yeah for like, sure take it personal oh my god <laughs> um that's what an amazing discussion you yeah guys. definitely it's hard to keep it under an hour uh so many questions maybe we'll have you yeah for like part part, part two, two. <laughs> yeah that panel discussion or something in the future maybe yeah definitely I'm I'm more than happy to it's 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 really fun to be able to do this and I think that you guys are actually providing artists with an opportunity during COVID to kind of like do something creative right and just like talk about their work and their practice where we don't really have a lot of other options right now you know like people are putting their shows in galleries but they're not getting I mean the point for me to put my show my work up is for people to see it like that's what I want I want people to see my work um Mm -hmm. so you know not having that I think is detrimental and just being able to talk about it is 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 good right now so thank you so much Natasha yeah of course thank you for joining us sorry I butchered your bio at the beginning (laughs) <laughs> no it's good it's bad it's really bad I was, <laughs> it's not your fault <laughs> formalities but yeah of course um we so appreciate you know you coming on and talking to us where can people like follow you and your unhinged uh instagram stories and your artwork <laughs> my website is natashanira.com and my instagram is natashanira online um I don't have a lot cooking right now but I'm getting there um and yeah my Instagram is private don't let it tear you <laughs> you should definitely just come on come on in and come watch the unhinged happen <laughs> that's, that's incredible <laughs> Ashley like any closing thoughts comments I think we should you know finish this episode with a whole song uh-huh. just to- <laughs> wrap it all oh, together I more secure in my singing voice I would definitely sing that song the the one hit wonder <laughs> natasha you want to close it out for us no you're not i i always bombed my my pageant singing so <laughs> we could we could give you a performance trophy for um your effort. yes a participation, mm, participation award, yeah. yeah oh you get a gold star for sure <laughs> um (laughs) i wish i had like a four-tier trophy just to be like you're our first interview so you win (laughs) i still have one of ashley's trophies she brought it to my place miss charisma (laughs) nice 2005 damn right i love it (laughs) i'm embracing my shadow perfect Oh, I really loved, yeah, I really loved this conversation. Cool. Made me think a lot about just, yeah, um, not only creativity and process and mental health and, like, how we're all doing is slowly maybe, I, I was going to say suffocating, but I didn't want to, like, <laughs> be... I think it's navigating, <laughs> right? Like, n- navigating the new normal, as everyone loves to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In these unprecedented oh times. Yes. Like, yeah Overused but i words. love it we'll, we'll use them this time wow thank you so much we're gonna promote this and tag you online thank <laughs> you i look forward yeah. to it and I, I let's stay in touch maybe we'll do it again oh my gosh yeah let's definitely yeah Thank you everyone for listening and tuning in i hope you learned something i hope you can take um some of our experiences out there in the world with you and 
navigating these times as we like to say now dm us with your comments and maybe we'll go deeper on them in a future episode all right thank you guys